Sammy, and welcome to episode four of Hey Chef. Today, I am talking to Chef Tourette Thomas, the owner and chef of Capera's Kitchen, an elite chef service. We talk about the influence of her great-grandmother, how watching cooking shows inspired her to quit her job to go to culinary school, her important role in culinary education, and much more. So, let's get into it. Here is Hey Chef. Hi, Chef. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for joining me today. It is a pleasure, my pleasure. So I ate at your restaurant this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the brisket skillet. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. With, with um, rosemary potatoes, um, little, cheese, egg. Yeah, a little bit of spinach. Is yeah, in there spinach as well. Too, yeah. yeah, and a nice medium egg. Yeah, the um, brisket I could tell was cooked for a long time. Yeah. It was so tender. Yes. It's awesome. It's a two-day process. So, you know, okay. I like to, um, that's one of the things I really like. I like taking what we say tough cuts of meat mm-hmm. and making them tender. I mean, you know, any, you know, a good chef can cook a, a nice tender piece of meat. Yeah. Right? But taking um, brisket, asobuco, um, you know, uh, stew meat, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And making it tender yeah. and flavorful. Oh my goodness! So it's a two-day process that I do uh, with that, and it's um, multiple cooking preparations. So we braise it, and then we also, you know, it's seared in a cast iron skillet. Okay. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it would just fall apart. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So how would you describe your cooking style? Um, well, it is, I, I would say, um, seasonal. I'm using classical uh, cooking techniques, and. Um, uh, a lot of flavor. I like to introduce certainly uh, fresh herbs mm-hmm. and some spices. It's just um, really what I call just good cooking. Okay. Yeah. So are there any yeah. like um, cuisines in their mix? Um, well, I always have. Uh, you know, I have a love of, of, of global cuisines in general. But, um, um, you know, classically trained in Italian uh, cuisine. But certainly, you know, when you go to culinary school, you learn about other cuisines, so yeah. I, I like to do a variety of things. I like Asian cuisine, so I love, that I love Thai, mm. I love Korean, I love flavor, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you get that a lot in uh, in your ethnic, uh, your ethnic cuisines, but I'm just a, you know, just a foodie. <laughs> so what kind of ingredients do you use? Well, I like to use um, certainly organic um, mm-hmm. when, when I can, when it's best. But, yeah, using fresh seasonal in- ingredients. But in terms of, um, I said, you know, our brunch menu, I call it fine comfort because I take my fine dining background yeah. and, and the techniques that you use in that type of cooking, and um, I apply it to things, that, you know, food that is more approachable. Yeah. So we, we, I guess, sometimes tend to stay on some of your traditional fare, you know, we have shrimp and grits and yeah. salmon and grits, and we do a, a specialty French toast. Mm-hmm. And um, we also have egg platters. My pancakes are gluten-free, and I like to, you know, we have a number of vegetarians, um, guests that come that come to Capera's Kitchen. So we like to uh, have some offerings for everybody. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know. What's in season is always the best, but we making it from scratch, right? Yeah, it tastes better. Yeah, I had the um, the flavored water that you gave us. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the thing with our water, 
is that we want to alkaline it. I changed my um, my eating habits probably back in 2013, and and so just started really thinking about how to make myself feel better with food. And so making your body more alkaline is great. So, yeah, we throw in um, mint. Yeah, that mint and, is awesome. And, you know, uh, lemon mm-hmm. um, and lime. And, and it's just, you know, it's it's just a it's a nice thing. People don't drink enough water. Yeah, it's really you know? nice. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So your restaurant, uh, Capera's Kitchen, mm-hmm. has been open for almost three years now? Is yeah. That? Okay. Yeah. So actually, it, it, it's more of... Um, so it's a it's a chef service. So Capera's Kitchen is an elite uh, chef service, and on the weekends we open it up as a cafe. So on Saturdays and Sundays, from nine to three, we have breakfast and brunch. Yeah. Um, I am a big lover of brunch foods. So um, uh, you know, I wanted to. It started out as just a pop up. I was bold enough to say, you know, if I cook it. People will come and and, yeah. and 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 enjoy it, and it just has taken off. Awesome. So, what has been most challenging and uh, most rewarding? Oh my goodness! So, uh, I tell people I, I really think this is um, one of the hardest things I have done in terms of um, you know just being a chef and yeah. and and focusing on this aspect of of the business. You have to wear a lot of hats. And sometimes, you know, your your work-life balance is not really balanced. Yeah. So um, being able to juggle everything. So, you know, I'm the marketer. You know, I'm the chef. Um, I yeah. have to pick up the food supplies, right? Um, because we're still small enough that I don't really need a, a, you know, big food delivery service. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's always challenging. I feel like you're on, you know, I'm on all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I get up very early in the morning and, um, you know, I get home very late at night. Yeah. The life of a chef. I'm actually here with you on my self-care day. Wow. So Mondays, I take off. I really don't try to do any business on Mondays and I do things that I would like to do, what I enjoy doing. And so, yeah, so I'm I'm sharing this special time with you now on 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 that day. Yeah. The most rewarding has always been the joy that I get from being in the hospitality business. Yeah. For being a chef, for cooking and people enjoying the food. I'm I'm doing exactly what I love to do. And you know, I wasn't always a chef, but oh. my passion has been as such of a, a rewarding part of of my life. I've, I'm telling you, I think I'm I'm living my best life <laughs> right now, doing something that I love. Yeah, cooking is very fun. It is. <laughs> it is yep. extremely, extremely. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 just having a, a wonderful time. So, can you talk to us about your business strategy? Of mm-hmm. just opening for brunch on the mm-hmm. weekends? Well, it's a specific business model because, as I told you, my so my background's been in fine dining. Um, been a chef uh, almost, what, 21 years or so. Wow. And so um, I have lived that life. You know, being a chef is a lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? So working, you know, 
six days a week, 12, 14, 15, 16 hours a day sometimes. I've been um, in fine catering. I have been a chef um, at hotel properties. So I wanted to, you know, have a a little bit more control. Um, So the idea of just opening up on the weekends just, you know, made sense to me because also I have a lot of other interests, right? Yeah. So I do culinary consulting. I have clients that I cook for. And, um, you know, being a former culinary college administrator, I wanted to also have some classes going on. So I wanted to be able to have some flexibility in my time, some versatility in, in what I do, and not burn myself out. Yeah. But, but is, that, is that also, like, your favorite kind of food? Um, like? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I love brunch. I love brunch food. But I just like the idea of, as you you saw, the co- seating was communal. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you, you get to see what other people are getting. You know, they're eating on their plates. Yeah. You can talk. You can mingle. You know, that's on purpose. So the business mm-hmm. strategy was to bring people to the kitchen have a great meal, have some wonderful conversation, and to actually see us cook. So we have an open kitchen. So um, we have a a, a lot of regulars who come. And um, so sometimes, you know, I might be in the back of the kitchen and, you know, I'm I'm saying hello to everyone. (laughs) You know, I may not be able to come out all the time, but food brings people together. Yeah. And so we have a, a wonderful, um, diverse clientele that come uh, that comes to Caparis Kitchen. And so I just I just lo- love the atmosphere. You know, we yeah. just wanted people to really get a sense of having great tasting food and having an overall experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a really nice atmosphere. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So. I heard that you were influenced by your great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about her? Well, um, my great-grandmother was uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal cook. So every summer, my sister and I went to North Carolina, Roxborough, North Carolina. And my my grandmother, she was just awesome. Like, I can close my eyes and I can smell her biscuits. We had a, um, a garden. We also had a farm. And, you know, we would pick and shuck beans. We would, you know, get berries. Everything she'd made from scratch. I mean, and um, she was just a phenomenal person. She canned. And then her baked goods, oh my goodness, (laughs) her cobblers, her pies, her cakes. She was just um, very, very inspirational. It was just a time where you could take some time to cook, right? Yeah. And um, just watching that. And I didn't think about it. You know, um, um, until later in my years of how really blessed I was mm. to be able to see and um, to, to 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 partake, so yeah. to speak. But, um, yeah, that was part of the chores. You had to, you know, shuck some beans, snap some beans, <laughs> clean some greens. Do you remember the first thing that you cooked with her? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, watching her make her biscuits. Mm. So she made her biscuits, um, certain, well, she made it with lard. Uh, we make ours with butter um, in the kitchen. Chef DeBose does that. But, uh, yeah, just making some, some biscuits. I, I don't know how, you know, great of a biscuit maker I am now. <laughs> because I'm I'm not so much of a, I guess, um, pastry person. 
Yeah. But certainly understanding the technique, I, I know all of that. But yeah, making, just being in the kitchen, just being around the smells, percolated coffee and all that good stuff. So yeah, yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. So, at what point did you know that you wanted to be a chef? Well, let me tell you, that was a, a roundabout um, type of thing. So, I think I, I started cooking when I was seven, and that was out of necess- necessity. So, my grandmother used to make breakfast, right? Yeah. And uh, she would make the pancakes, and they were, they were kind of too dark for me. She burned them, <laughs> you know. Did you tell your grandmother that her pancakes were burnt? I I did. And so she said, okay, then you can, you know, you can cook the pancakes yourself, (laughs) right? So she got me out the Betty Crocker cookbook. She gave me a step stool because I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a little short in stature. So at seven, you know, I I really couldn't be at the stove like that. So, um, yeah, she said, you can read. And say, here's the recipe. Here are the ingredients. Make them yourself. (laughs) So, right? Um, So, yeah, I I started making um, pancakes, and I became really, really, really good at it. Did you burn them? uh, I did not. No, I did (laughs) not burn the pancakes. (laughs) And there's an, you know, there's an art. You know, actually, when you see the bubbles bubbling up Mm -hmm. on the top, you know, it's, it's, you, you know, sometimes you can't put too much oil or butter in the pan, um, the right pan, right? So she had a lot of um, cast iron pans, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, for me was a good conductor for, for pancakes. Now we have, you know, the griddles and all those other things. But, yeah, my grandmother, she was very adventurous in the ingredients and things that she would bring in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, at your age, I was an extremely finicky eater. So even say when I would go out to fast food restaurants or, you know, if I went to McDonald's, I would get a plain cheeseburger. I didn't like condiments. I did not like um, I didn't like certain berries. So, you know, my great grandmother who made the wonderful, you know, cobblers and things. um, I love to smell them. I love watching her make them and helping her. But I wasn't really into eating um, blueberries. Wow. At that age. When I went to culinary school, I said, you know what? I know I don't like a lot of things, but I'm going to try everything. I'm going to taste everything, and then I'll make a determination if I like it or not. But lo and behold, I found out that I really loved everything. (laughs) So I'm a lot more adventurous now, (laughs) certainly, and I eat a lot you know, a lot more different ingredients and different types, as I said before, cuisines. But, oh, my goodness, yeah. Cooking those pancakes eventually led me to cooking dinners. And Mm -hmm. I remember a time that she got sick, my grandmother. And uh, my sister and I walked to the the supermarket, and I came back, and I think I made a soup or something like that, or I I, I cooked something. (laughs) But that gave me some confidence. Did your grandmother like your cooking? Oh, yes. She loves it now. <laughs> my grandmother is 95. Yeah. She lives independently, but I cook all of her meals. She absolutely loves all the food that I cook. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, she'll call me up and say, I want you to make this or I'll go to the house and she'll have um, a, a, a recipe. She might want me to try because she, you know, she's read it in a paper or she mm-hmm. got a cookbook and she was going through it and, and saw it. So, 
Yeah, um, she she loves my cooking. She loves my cooking. Awesome. I started cooking when I was seven years old. However, I went to school. I went to uh, college, undergraduate school for political science and philosophy. I was going to go to law school. Wow. Um, after that, I, I I got my master's in public administration and community economic development. And I was actually developing uh, health education cam- um, campaigns for the federal government. Wow. And was working and happy and traveling. And the Food TV Network had just started, right? <laughs> yeah. And so um, I don't know if you have watched a, a lot of the, the Maryland public television cooking shows. No. Okay. Well, well, in my day, now I'm a little older than you, <laughs> Sammy. But I would watch Julia Child and yeah. the Galloping Gourmet and um, the Cajun uh, Chef. Um, I cannot think of his name, but he wore red suspenders. <laughs> but um, so when the Food TV Network came about, I was, you know, interested in what is this, you know, cable channel all about cooking? <laughs> and so um, I decided uh, I wanted to go to, you know, go to culinary school. So I, I took a class and to see if it was going to be something for me, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it, the professional idea of cooking, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I did some research. I enrolled in culinary school and didn't look back. And um, after that first semester passed, I said, you know what? I'm going to quit my job, wow. and I'm going to give all of my attention to this. And so that's what I did. I had a lot of folks who were very supportive. Mm. Um, I had some folks who said, are you crazy? (laughs) You're going to leave this to become a cook? And I said, sure, why not? And so I was um, just so passionate about all things food. And so I I said, why not? (laughs) You know, I can always go back and and, and do what I was doing before. That's not a big deal. But... Um, I, w- I wanted to, to explore this, that creative side of me, right? Yeah. And it was the best thing, the best thing that I ever did. How was the experience there? Oh, my goodness. Um, so I, I, I liked culinary school um, so much so that I, um, I led a culinary college in yeah. this state. You know, what culinary school does for you mm-hmm. is, I, you know, people seem to think that culinary school teaches you how to cook. Well, I'm a, I'm of the school of thought that it really doesn't. Okay. I think you need to have some some certainly some natural talent. Culinary school, I think, um, teaches you how to become a food service professional, mm. right? Um, and it gives you um, a better understanding of technique, skill, and technique. Yeah. Um, certainly, the history of of the profession is something that we share. Uh, with culinary students, but it's understanding the vocabulary. It's understanding uh, the cooking methods. It's understanding uh, the techniques. All of that um, certainly helps you become a better cook and um, ultimately practicing and then moving into the direction of really professional cooking. You can become, uh, I think, a wonderful chef. Yeah. Right? Do you remember your first job? Uh, in a kitchen? I do. So um, I was in culinary school okay. when I also wanted to work and, and understand. And um, uh, he was actually um, my mentor, Michael Wagner. He has since passed on, mm. un- unfortunately. 
but he gave me my first job, and um, he was the executive chef of a restaurant called Piccolo's here in Baltimore, and they were um, downtown in Fells Point, and so it was an Italian restaurant, mm. and he was a phenomenal, phenomenal chef, phenomenal chef, and so I came in dressed in my culinary uniform. <laughs> And um, I had my resume all ready to go. Now, mind you, before going to culinary school, I had never worked in a restaurant. I had no experience other than, you know, my love of cooking at home. Yeah. And um, we just started talking, you know. And Chef did not even, he didn't even look at my resume. He asked me, when do you want to start? Well. And I I said, I can I can start now. And he laughed. <laughs> he said, no, we'll set a date and we'll start. And so, um, yeah, Chef Michael Wagner gave me my first job, and it was a great experience. Once I uh, started uh, working in the restaurant, he would come in and he would say, you know, we have a, a catering uh, event. I want you to create a menu. Wow. And so he would, you know, he would encourage me. He would do tastings in the kitchen. He would um, do private events and parties, and, you know, I would go along. So he was a, a really phenomenal chef. I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot about Italian cuisine. It was, that was a good, a, a good experience. Cool. So you were the culinary director at Lincoln Culinary Institute mm-hmm. and also headed up the culinary program at Anne Arundel uh, Community College. Yeah, I was in uh, charge of culinary operations there, yeah. Uh, can you talk about these experiences? Absolutely. So after um, I graduated from culinary school, mm-hmm. I started uh, my own personal chef service. So I've had a personal chef service since, um, yeah, 98, right? And um, in 2001, I uh, was driving back from a a client, mm-hmm. and one of the chefs that I was working for was an instructor at Anne Arundel Community College. Mm-hmm. And he was sick. And he said, well, they need me to find a, a, a substitute. He said, I have to find my own substitute. And I'm saying, sure. okay. He said, can you teach this class, right? So I said, well, if you have a syllabus, you have recipes, sure. I think I can do it. So um, I subbed for him. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, um, found out that I really liked teaching culinary. Mm-hmm. And then I came on board. I was hired by... Uh, Anne Arundel Community College, and we helped start their institute concept. So now what they have on the campus now is Hospitality, Culinary Arts, and Tourism Institute, the HGAD Institute. Mm. And so um, I was in charge of all of the the food ordering and inventory, and we helped design the kitchens. Then, uh, you know, I developed curriculum and um, I was an adjunct instructor, so I was teaching classes there as well. And it was just a, a great experience. And then uh, I became, I guess, more or less, uh, I would say, uh, the face of HCAT because on F- Fox 45, Morning yeah. News, um, in terms of being able to do some marketing and to get people interested in the culinary school there, I was doing a live cooking show on Fox 45 morning awesome. news every week. So that experience was, was, an, was an awesome experience there. Um, I actually graduated from Anne Arundel Community College. Back then, we had a chef apprenticeship training program, so I was heavily involved in the American Culinary Federation, the HCF, mm-hmm. and all of those things. So um, 
that really, um, I guess, prepared me as I moved ahead and then became director of the Culinary College at Lincoln Culinary Institute in 2008. And then um, teaching in, in, in inspiring other people to realize their dreams is an awesome thing, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, um, like I told you, I, I loved culinary school, but I had an idea of that techniques are really important. You wouldn't imagine how many students said, you know, I love to cook and I want to do this as a career, or they're in a different field like I was. So I could speak to the fact that I changed careers yeah. and that it's it's not, well, it's a little scary, but it's it's not so daunting that you can't do something else mm-hmm. if you really love it. So, you know, there were sometimes firefighters who wanted to become chefs. There were lab technicians, you know, mm-hmm. who, who wanted to become chefs. There were teachers who wanted to become chefs or or people who just realized that they had a you know a love of cooking and really wanted to get into this industry yeah so i want to be a chef yes so um, i heard yeah so do you recommend um culinary school or just gaining experience uh, in the field well look i think you need i think you need both not all chefs have gone to culinary school yeah Right, some of the best chefs. Some of the best chefs in the world haven't, but they were certainly in a kitchen environment, mm-hmm. and they certainly um, honed their skills. Right, so um, you know you have a number of chefs who you know maybe started out in the kitchen in their grandmother's kitchen, mm-hmm. um, in their family business, you know washing dishes, being a prep cook, then moving on to a line cook. Right, mm-hmm. and then um, but you're honing your skills. Mm -hmm. So you have to be around food. You know, I think culinary school is certainly wonderful if you have never worked in the industry. Like I said, it gives Mm -hmm. you a fast track so that you can understand the history. You can get the, uh, I guess, more of the the, the formal education to learn how to menu costs, Mm -hmm. how to uh, write recipes, develop recipes, read recipes, you know, Mm -hmm. um, all of those wonderful things. So you know, so I hear that you're starging at a, some different places. Mm-hmm. And um, to be around that and to learn, to be around, uh, you know, cooks and chefs who want to impart some of their knowledge. Yeah. Because, um, you know, certainly there's a, a lot of cookbooks out there, right? But not everything is in the cookbook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So you get something what we call anecdotal information or um, that trial and error, things that you can only learn by hands-on experience Mm -hmm. actually working in a kitchen. So, you know, I certainly think, you know, there's a need need for both. So you work with Chef Katina Smith on the Just Call Me Chef uh, initiative. Mm -hmm. How do you describe uh, the experience? Well, that was a wonderful experience. Um, I will tell you, she had the idea, the bold idea, to start a conversation about the industry that, you know, sometimes we don't really, really talk about. Mm-hmm. When you look on the covers of the magazines, when you looked at a lot of the, the, the cooking shows that are on TV, you, you don't, didn't see women of color. Yeah. So the, the whole idea of the Just Call Me Chef uh, was that she wanted to highlight black women chef uh, here in Baltimore mm-hmm. who 
were doing their thing, you know, who were, uh, who are in kitchens, who um, are entrepreneurs. And so I was just so honored when she asked me to be in the inaugural calendar. And I was the month of February, so the month of love, as I say, <laughs> that I, always, I cook with love. But, um, yeah, so it was just a bold idea, the, the whole idea of that, you know, we just don't want to say, you know, we're just black chefs or we're just a woman chef. Mm-hmm. Just call me chef. Yeah. And so it's just a, a, a wonderful thing to shed some light on, on our industry. You know, I came up in kitchens. I came up in a, in a real brigade system in mm-hmm. the fine dining. And so... Can you explain that? Yes. The, the, the father of what we call modern culinary, Escoffier, he created what he calls a brigade system, something similar to um, a military style, but where there are stations, mm-hmm. right? So every uh, line cook had a particular job to perform. Yeah. So you had someone who only made sauces, the saucier, mm-hmm. right? You had someone who only prepared the fish and the meat dishes or, um, the, you know, the salad stations and things of that nature. So for women in particular, right, when we came into the kitchens for restaurants, they really wanted to just relegate us to the cold food side of the kitchen. Yeah. Cold food and hot sides, what you had. Mm-hmm. And so you had us, you know, making the salads or, you know, preparing the desserts and things. But, you know, when I got into uh, the kitchens, I had a, a wonderful uh, woman who actually became my mentor, um, one of the very few black women chefs who was a sous chef mm-hmm. in the kitchen. And she um, started me out on the, on the hot side. Awesome. Right? And so, but there was, you know, during the time I was coming in, you saw very few black women in particular, in, in fine dining. Mm-hmm. And so that that experience was hugely invaluable uh, to me. And so, yeah, I got to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Diane Thompson mm-hmm. um, because she was, a um, you know, a, she still is a mentor of mine. She's one of my biggest supporters. And, you know, to see us in the kitchen wasn't the norm, especially in fine dining, you yeah. know. And so, I'm I, yeah, I'm proud to say that I was on the cutting edge, one of the very few black women to, to, to be doing that during that time period. Awesome. Obviously, your restaurant is awesome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So what do you think about other restaurants in Baltimore? Oh, well, I'm a foodie, as I, <laughs> as I told you. I, I love, love, love to eat and, and to try out new cuisines. And so Baltimore... We have some we have some phenomenal restaurants. Mm-hmm. We really do. Yeah. Um, every type of cuisine that you you want and and can imagine. If you want to know some of my favorites, I mean, I, yeah. I love um, uh, Petite Louis. Okay. Um, French. I haven't been there yet. Oh, okay. I've been to the well, Charleston. But. You've been to Charleston. Yes, yeah. I've been to Charleston. But I but I am. I think um, for me, it's still um, that to me that's one of my favorite restaurants of of, of hers. Uh, Petite Louis. Cindy Wolf. In, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cindy Wolf. Um, I, I like that. I was, I love, love, loved Jack Bistro, but you know, he closed, uh, uh, well, he closed Ted, has closed that down, and so he now has Blair on Hudson. Who's that? Chef Ted Stelson Muller. I like Cunningham's in Towson. Peter's Inn. We have some great restaurants. I'm not a, a big fan of chain restaurants, so I don't mm-hmm. frequent them. I think we have a, 
a good number of of independent restaurants that that are that are really nice. Yeah. But um, even when I'm cooking on the weekend in the restaurant, you know, some I'll still go home and cook. I, mm. you know, I, I enjoy it so. Yeah. It's not working, right? It's it's like um. No, it's not. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And I'm, you know, even though I mean, yeah, there's some days when you're really really tired. You say, I don't want to do this thing again. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, but it's the joy. It's the joy of the of the cooking that you get. Yeah. 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 So what does the future hold for you? Any new venture, Chef? Oh, my goodness. The Well, I'm open to all of the, the wonderful possibilities. I'm, I'm an optimist. So the future is, is bright. Do I see myself having multiple restaurants? Possibility, <laughs> right? I, I want to continue doing what I love, and that's, you know, cooking and being a chef. So can you give me any advice? Absolutely. As I become a chef? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Reading is important. Mm-hmm. So practicing your skill. So, mm-hmm. you know, knife skills, Yeah. technique, but being open to the learning process. Mm-hmm. Every place where you are, are, are being able to shadow, taking that with you. You know, I still have my my notebooks from culinary school, mm-hmm. from the restaurants that I worked in, and that you you should write things down. You should draw diagrams and pictures. Mm-hmm. You should taste, you know, everything. Yeah. You know, but you get you got to be open. Um, one of my pet peeves so to speak, of culinary students, is that they come in and sometimes they want to think they know everything instead of just wanting to listen and being open to the experience. And um, if you haven't read Marcus Samuelson's book, Yes, Chef? No, I haven't. You I've should. seen it, though. Okay. Yes, you should, you should, read, you should read the book because um, that gives a really good eye opener into the kitchen and the experience and the whole idea of how you become a chef. Okay. Yeah. Have you been to Red Rooster? Um I have been to Red Rooster. Me too. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have been to Red Rooster. I've I've eaten at a, a lot of wonderful uh wonderful restaurants in my time. Um I've eaten at Charlie Trotters, right? Mm. I've eaten at uh Aureol. Um I've eaten at True. Um, you know, I've eaten at Rick Bayless's restaurants. I, so it's yeah, it's the opportunity that you you need to take to experience experience um, different cuisines. Yeah, yeah. The only place I, uh, I that's really on my well, uh, two places that are on my list. Mm-hmm. I'll share that with you. I haven't eaten at the French Laundry. Yeah, I must Classic. do so. And the inn at Little Washington. Yeah, only three Michelin star restaurant in Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So can you tell everyone uh, where to find you? Absolutely. So um, I'm located right here in the Waverly community. We're at 418 East 31st Street, right off of Greenmount Avenue. You can visit my website, Caparis Kitchen. Dot com. Instagram? I am on Instagram, Caparis Kitchen. <laughs> okay. Um, as well as um, my first and last name, Tarette Thomas. Cool. So thank you very much for joining me today, uh, Thank Chef. you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This is awesome, and I'm so excited for you because <laughs> um, certainly what I can gather 
you you seem to have uh yeah developed a love of food and the fact that you're right now so very ambitious um to learn um is a wonderful thing and um yeah i expect some great things thank you all right happy eating to you (laughs) you too all right Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode of Hey Chef. Next time, I will be back with another iconic Baltimore chef, Jerry Pellegrino. He is currently the owner of Scola, a hands-on cooking school, and Strickland Hollow Farm and Distillery. We talk about the pandemic's impact on the restaurant industry, discuss his WYPR talk show, Radio Kitchen, learn the science of making hard cider, and more. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HeyChefPodcast and tell your friends about us. Our website is wypr.org forward slash programs forward slash hey dash chef. Also, we'd love to hear from you. So leave us a voicemail message with any questions or comments. We will play our favorite messages on the show. Our number is 443-738-5205. To see me cook, join my sister and I on Instagram at subkidscooking or subkidscooking.com as we make recipes from around the world. This podcast is brought to you by CCBC Student Life's New Media Collective, CCBC's Communication and Media Studies Department, and the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. Produced by Beth Bonick and her crew of CCBC students, Ashley Metz, Eric Cox, Kalia Merritt, Yasmin Faison, Maggie Brown, Sarah Popkin, Louisa Schaffert, and Aaliyah Olmedo. Artwork by Sammy Bonick and Shannon Design. Theme music by 905 Productions. Thank you to WYPR 88.1, Baltimore's number one news talk station, and WYPR senior producer Bob White for being our studio engineer.